listening to the Uloft Podcast, presented by United IUP, a community of college students and young adults in Indiana, Pennsylvania, who are dedicated to unite with each other and Christ to change the world around us. We hope that this podcast raises questions and answers others, while ultimately starting a conversation to discover unifying biblical truth in this chaotic world. That are called chubbies. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm very familiar with chubbies. This is actually a wonderful segue into our questions today. Oh, good grief! Every um, <laughs> this is terrible. Every frat guy at Duke wore chubbies. Ah yes. Whether they um, uh, were flattering to their legs or not, they wore chubbies. You know, my and brother... and uh, vineyard vine, vineyard, yes. vineyard vine, vineyard yard, vineyard vines, vineyard vines. Yeah. yeah. Did we explain yet what chubbies are? Chubbies are a type very of very short shorts. Yeah, they're short. They're yeah, as you uh, very eloquently said. Uh, <laughs> no, don't even go there. Right, that was mind. before the mic. Never was mind. On. Okay, all right. You'll just there has have to, to be live some in suspense. In this conversation. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to live. Yeah, in suspense. my brother like has never been a part of a, uh, a fraternity. Yeah, um, he went to a Bible college, uh, and we aren't rich and never have been rich. Right, but this man wore. Chubbies and Vineyard Vines and Sperry's for the longest time. And nice. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Like, we're, <laughs> we are not these people. No. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> one of my, so this is just like, one of the times in my life where I'm like, oh, this is what rich is, okay? Because I'm not. And I mean, we live in Punxsutawney. You're not, you, you know, you're not the, highest society class people living in Punxsy, right? Um, <laughs> just, you know, we worship a rodent. It's fine. <laughs> but so when I was working in uh, a grad student at Duke, um, I was in charge of a dorm of about eh, 450-ish students. And I remember one time I was talking with, this girl was a junior, um, and it was coming towards the end of the spring semester, and I was, you know, chatting with her just to see how things were going. I was like, oh, do you have any internships lined up um, for the summer? She's like, internships. And I was like, yeah, you know, the thing that um, people get to get experience, you'll go work at like, and she was like a computer programming major or something like that. It's like, you know, go work at Google or Facebook. And that's often where Duke students go and intern or like Google and Facebook. And she was like, no, I don't, I don't plan on doing that. And I was like, well, you know, you're a junior. You should probably be thinking about these types of things. It's also my job to make sure students were thriving. She was like, oh, no, I'm planning on spending the semester on my dad's yacht in the Mediterranean. And I was like, yeah. oh, we live very different lives. <laughs> yeah. You imagine, don't need to work ever. <laughs> I imagine you would run into a lot of those types of people uh, at Duke. Yes, yes. Your average, <laughs> like your your base level car was a nice Beamer. Nice. Like that was the lowest level. And then you had my like junky 2001 Toyota Corolla that was like I was doing oil changes in the parking lot. Um, every three months because it just downed oil. You have people walking by who probably have never even, didn't even know their cars needed oils changed, I'm sure. Um, <gasps> they've let a commoner in. Yeah. <laughs> by and large, Duke students were great. And I had a lot of international students as well um, that were, a lot of them were there on scholarship, so they were kind of more familiar with the, the not ritz and glitzy lifestyle. But yeah, good times at Duke. We learned lots of lessons. Ah, yes. 
Okay, so if the opening to this conversation was not uncomfortable enough, it's about to get way more uncomfortable. So oh. I feel like that was really comfortable. Yeah, that was, that was a fine story. That was, that was better than last week. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Did we name our podcast last week what we wanted to? Uh, I probably not. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I probably left off half of what you discussed. What we decided. <laughs> probably for the best. <laughs> Okay, All right, hit us so with these it. questions were um, brought to us uh, from last week's gathering, and they're part of the uh, relationship series. Nice. Hey, so keep posting those. We'll keep answering them. Yes. Yeah. I, I think I would rather like sit cross-legged on a hotel bed and study Song of Solomon with you guys than ask you these questions. <laughs> okay, can I can I set it up then, please? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> can I give context to these questions? Yes, you probably okay, should. Okay, that's a good idea. <laughs> So um, last week I was uh, answering questions at the end of uh, end of our unite of our talk, and um, there was a question that came up of what consists or what like where is the line for porn, like for pornography, like what is specifically pornography, um, and that got me into a conversation or into an answer. At the end of the answer, I said, "Well, really." you technically could say that anything that is pornographic uh, is leading you to, to lust and leading you to very lustful thoughts and like basically driving you down the spiral. And um, I talked about some things on Instagram um, or really just any, anything uh, that is uh, social media. And uh, it led me to talking about um, like boudoir shoots or whatever. And, uh, you know, cause what it, is boudoir for people who don't know? Well, I mean, uh, it is technically the definition is like of the bedroom or of the closet, I think is what it's technically uh, referred to. And so if you want to give a technical definition, someone could take a picture in their pajamas and it would be boudoir. Um, but the specific way that I'm talking about um, is that because our Instagram... Uh, United's Instagram like follows people from Indiana, Pennsylvania. If there is any kind of photographers in Indiana or in Pittsburgh or any anywhere, like they'll come up on our suggested people list um, to follow. And so like I have to go through and basically filter all that and like take it off. And I mean, you know, their profile picture isn't even a, just a name. Like it's a picture of a woman in um, in her lingerie, right? And so a lot of times, women will take these pictures uh, for their husband, right? Yeah, it's like recent, newlyweds will take these give yeah, them to their husband. and give them to their husband, husband, which perfectly fine. You want to give them to your husband? Great idea. I would, like if I was, when I got married, like I wouldn't have minded that one bit, right? But what I said was, if you start to put these pictures online for public consumption, then I'm not saying that you are pushing the pornography machine. However, someone could come across that and it could technically be pornographic um, for someone else to look at. Yeah. And so I was, I just said, you know, be wise about it. Um, and so I think that led to some of these questions because we've had, we have some people actually in United uh, who have either taken these photos and or have worked for some of the photographers that take these photos. And so there was some follow-up questions with that. And it kind of led us down a, um, a, a conversation about modesty. And so that is where these specific questions Ooh, come from. I love modesty. And um, 
Yeah, so that's the context of these particular questions. Okay, cool. Okay, so the first question. So I'm not going to get hit with a freight train now and be like, oh, oh geez. Yeah, yeah, well, you probably will on number two. <laughs> <Still>. <laughs> uh, the, the first one is, if it's okay to wear a bikini, then why isn't boudoir okay? So I imagine this question's being framed like, if I go to the pool on like the weekend and I have a bikini on or I go to the beach and I send, I like put up pictures of my vacation and if that's okay then why is it not okay to post my bridal boudoir pictures mm. i feel like i'm saying that wrong <clears throat> boudoir boudoir i try to think of like yeah this is weird just having a bunch of dudes <laughs> i know this is what i'm saying <laughs> yes but I, I okay so can i say something for anybody that might be listening that might be like borderline uh feminist on the side of like how dare a few guys talk about this can i tell you something Dudes should be the ones talking about this because dudes are the ones who probably have to deal with the lustful thoughts the most because of um, of these kinds of things. So if there's anybody to talk about this and what it might actually do to someone's mental state or someone's yeah. spiritual state, I think it is, guys. Yeah, also, being a woman doesn't make you better at French, so... Uh, I wouldn't really, I mean, so, oh, get it, because yeah. it's French. <laughs> <laughs> I try to think of armoire, like the thing you put your clothes in. That's basically what it is. Only that, but just with. That's the same thing. Yeah. And yeah. an armoire is something you that's outside. Uh, a boudoir is something that is like built into your house. Okay. It's it's quite literally just a woman's bedroom. Yeah, it's, it's a, a closet. Boudoir yeah. Is. Mm -hmm. Right on. <clears throat> okay, so. So the question is, vacation. why would it be okay if What's you What's the difference between bikinis and yes. boudoirs? Lingerie, um, essentially. Okay, well. I, I've got some thoughts. I don't know if. I'll let you do your thoughts after I ask a question. Oh, I'm going to ask a rhetorical. Is it okay? What? Is it okay? Part? Is it okay for you to take bikini pics and post them all over the internet as so, well? This well, is... so that's how I was going to finish the answer. To okay, so now that now that we've bookended it, we just Christopher Nolan you. Um, <laughs> I've given I didn't know you. We're making a film. <laughs> I've given you the rhetorical answer. This is like now the, Caleb's going to give like... you the real answer, and then we're going to end up back at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. This is great. <laughs> we should submit this to a film festival and be like, "This is the new way of film. No, no, like video anything. Only just voices." and people this be is, like, yes. this is the coolest thing ever. And it's like, yeah, we're pioneers. percent. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this is, I, I, I think there's a couple things going on here. So first of all, I want to talk about intent, right? So um, the intent of boudoir, wearing lingerie, versus the intent of a bikini are two separate things, right? So one of them is purposefully sexual, Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. So, like, boudoir is purposely sexual. Other, You know, the whole point of it is to be sexual, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. Like, why would anyone do it if it wasn't to be sexual, right? And it's, like, women often taking it for their significant other. Um, that's the whole point of all of this, right? Whereas bikinis, by base value, isn't necessarily, though can be, um, about being sexual, right? In today's day and age, we have moved from, so, you know, 50 years ago, they would have been. Um, but today's day and age, someone can walk out um, on a beach in a bikini and not be sexualized necessarily, right? Um, now, some people might argue with that, but I, I think at general, you know, someone could walk out in a bikini and, and not be sexualized. Whereas some, if someone walked out on a beach in lingerie, they would immediately, right? Because that is what we have been programmed as society to assume is sexual versus not, right? So the intent is different. So therefore, posting something on Instagram, uh, specifically like boudoir, 
is automatically always going to be sexual in nature, right? You're <clears throat> you're trying to get a particular um, view, a sexualized view on this content. Whereas, let's say you're just at the beach with your family and you're wearing a bikini. It's like that's a very different thing. Now, kind of going to what Kendall was saying, I think um, can you make bikini pics sexual? Absolutely. Do people post those pics to be sexualized? Absolutely. So they can be used in the same way, but at base value, they're not automatically used at the same way. So they can both be used to be sexualized, and I think a lot of people do. Um, and in fact, I would say probably most, eh, maybe not most, a lot of people do. I'll stick with a lot of people. A lot of people do use bikini pics to be sexualized, to attract um, someone into liking them, right? Um, but it doesn't have to be, right? Um, now, the, the question that you were asking is, is it best to even wear a bikini in the first place? Like, should you? Um, and, you know, if you've ever been to a church camp, Bible camp, anything like that, um, you'll have had the awkward moment where your counselor, if you're a female in particular, and dudes, I've actually done this with guys. It's like, uh, just for equality's sake, it's like, okay, so the girl counselor said, you got a bikini, put on a shirt. It's like, now well, does that really help? Well, maybe. Um, and I always say that, like, I always tell my guys, it's like, okay, if this is going to be the rule for the women, this will necess necessarily be the rule for the men because I'm not about to um, put rules on women because we deem them as inherently more problematic, right? Because they're not. It's just, this is how God made them. It's a beautiful thing. The problem is we as guys are just terrible human beings by and large, right? Well, and yeah, so, I would say both sexes are terrible human beings, but I yeah, get yeah, your yeah. point. Well, I can only speak for guys. Right. Well, I mean, I could speak for women, but at least from my own experience, I know for a matter of fact that guys by and large have this problem. Um, and so it's like, I want to create the same rule sets so that women don't feel targeted because that's the other problem. It's like the moment that you start saying women can't do this because right, guys we will don't, think... I don't want to target and isolate women. We don't want that. them to end up in cloth bags like in Correct. Saudi Arabia. Correct. Right. Um, so the it's I think it, a lot of it comes back to that intent. <clears throat> it's like boudoirs are automatically always. I can't think of a situation where that wouldn't be sexualized, whereas bikinis aren't necessarily. Now, should you maybe find something more modest? Yeah, I guess. Should guys be more modest? Yeah. Um, like I mentioned this last week, I don't know what the, like the male equivalent of like a bikini pic is, um, on Instagram, a shirtless gym pic, but I feel like those are just like roasted anyway. So it's like, I don't Most know what we got. Um, well, okay. On that note, like just psychologically women are not as, uh, visually driven as men are yeah. like it is proven scientifically that women are not as much as now sometimes they are it yeah. depends on who you are but for the most part generally speaking women aren't as drawn to that and so i don't even know if you could draw a specific you know a correlation e there. Yeah, yeah a correlation like yeah shirtless gym pick might be the closest thing but we're probably gonna roast the guy for doing it anyway yes exactly <laughs> you, if you're posting shirtless gym pics and you're listening <clears throat> to this podcast i'm gonna save you from some embarrassment. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> uh, Nicely done. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. So now, if you but if you are posting bikini pics, 
for the intent of, I would like to get a bunch of likes on this. Don't. And I would like to be told how hot I am from females or males. Yeah. It's a good idea to not do that and to say, what is my intent behind this? And if your intent uh, is so that you can be looked at, which by the way, if you put things on Instagram, your intent is to be looked at. Yeah. Um, if you put things on like that and you pose in a certain way to be looked at and to be gawked at, then that is a red flag for you uh, personally in your heart. Like, okay, am I, am I actually being modest? And yeah. after these questions, we should probably get into like, why should you be modest? I mean, we yeah. should probably get into that at some point. Yeah, but if you're like, okay, I could see where it's like, okay, if you're just posting a picture and you're at the beach with a bunch of your friends and it's like you just happen to be, you know, wearing a bikini, like that's probably fine. Um, yeah, so the the I would say that the real issue here and the real reason why we would uh, pursue modesty with regards to this particular subject in terms of bikinis and boudoir, um, it has to come back to the potential negative impact on the person posting it. See, I don't think it's ever, I, okay. A lot of times in Christian circles, you'll hear like, okay, you shouldn't do this thing or you should be modest because you don't want to be a stumbling block for this other Christian. Um, the, the issue that I have, I tend to be uh, fall on the more liberal end of the spectrum when it comes to this kind of thing, because we live in a space as Christians we, we live in a space, I, I'm, I'm laughing because I have a coffee cup sitting here that uh, says leftist tears on it, and Caleb pointed to it whenever I said I was a liberal. Um, uh, just a mixed bag of well, so thoughts and opinions. Here, here's the thing, like, if you're, a, if you're a guy and you're a Christian and a bikini pic is going to cause you to stumble and, and yeah, tumble down the hill backwards, that's on you. you're not going to survive in America no. at all. Like that's just not going to happen. Um, you're not going to be able to shield yourself from that sort of thing uh, and also be out in the world. Mm -hmm. um, so it depends on the reason why we're asking for modesty here. And if if the reason becomes, well, you don't want to do this because you don't want to cause guys to stumble. That's a stupid reason, um, for the most part. And the reason and the reason I think it's stupid or is at because this should be the last reason. Maybe. Yeah, it's just. I don't want to cultivate a generation of Christian men who need to be coddled in order to yeah, yeah, yeah. prevent I agree with you on that. tripping over themselves. Um, and so, Kendall, what you were saying about how, okay, if your motive is to post this thing for the likes and for the affirmation and the validation and the attention, well, then you might be cultivating some kind of narcissism in yourself that is actually the, the greater danger at play. Yeah. And so you, you have to think about why it is that you're doing these things, why, why it is that you're uh, going about it. And I think that, um, you know, I tend to think that if it's like vacation or whatever, and you just, you know, you're wearing a bikini for non-sexual reasons and yeah. you're posting a picture, like whatever. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't really see the issue with that. Yeah. And I think you're on to something. And, the, you know, if you are kind of more left, moderate, left leaning, You'll appreciate this. We're about to poop on some guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you are on to something. It's like, guys, we got to do better. If if everything sets you off, it's like, okay, so we've got a problem. And, and for the record, this was me for the longest time, and I needed help, right? So if you find yourself scrolling through Instagram um, and you are 
uh, set off, so to speak, by seeing even innocuous people on vacation photos. It's like, you've got some work to do, right? Um, because clearly your brain is in a space that it's always thinking and processing everything sexually, and that is going to be your downfall, right? Um, that is always, always, always going to harm you. You will never have successful relationships if your brain is always thinking in that category because all you will ever see is other women as a sexual object instead of a sister in Christ or someone made in the image of God, right? You will never have a healthy marriage is if all you see is your wife as a sexual object, right? Your mar marriage may last a year tops if that's the case, right? So if your brain is always thinking in that category, one, how, gosh, you've got to feel pretty depressed if that's, if you can't help but think in those types of categories. And we should be careful here to distinguish, and I know you do distinguish this, but for the listener, to distinguish between viewing your spouse as a sexual object versus viewing your spouse sexually, because I think we do see clearly in the Song of Solomon. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, you know, I, so I'm going to get married here in 11 days. Um and is it fine for me to think of my significant other, my soon-to-be wife, um, you know, when we get married, as someone that I could have sex with? Yes, of course, right? That's kind of the point. Should I only be thinking her as some person to be able to please me and that's it? Absolutely not, right? And I think one of the problems that we've run into is that for a lot of, and again, I'm only speaking about guys because that has been my experience, Um and for the record, I know women can struggle with this, um, so I'm not I'm not excluding you. But as guys, as a whole, we need to get better as to program our minds to not only think in sexual categories, right? And I think that's where a lot of the problems in our society come into right now. It's like we we've got like one category that our mind is always operating in, and that is sexually right um and that's like base level and it's like that is not healthy that is not the way our brain should be working um and if you find yourself in that place it's like we're not here to throw shade on you um because that was me um i'm not here to throw shame or blame on you it's like i i'm saying this because i want to help you right we want to help you with that because that's not normal. It's not healthy. You probably find yourself hating yourself because you're like, I don't want to be this way, but all I can do is think in this category. And it's like, gosh, we want to help you with that. So we're not throwing shade at you at all. Um, we just want to help you. I mean, And you can do this. You can have your brain rewired in the right ways as to not think about things only sexually, right? Um, yeah. I just spoke for like 45 minutes straight. So I'll put a pause on that, but no, I think you're, <clears throat> I think you're hundred percent onto something. You have to, just like you have to, um, you have to look at the intent of why would I post something? You also have to look at the intent of why would I stay on this picture and stare at it for yeah five minutes? You know, why am I doing this? Always, always, always look at the heart of the matter and the intent behind what is it that I'm doing here? Yeah. Because that's going to reveal way more than just the black and white statement of, hey, it's not a good idea to do this. Right. Like, what is the actual intent behind what you're doing there? As the good word says, from the overflow of the heart doth the mouth speak. And it's not just the mouth ah, speaking. Ah, doth. Um, it's like, from the overflow of the heart, do we do anything, any actions? It's like, 
you know, if you stay too long on an Instagram post, it's because you, there's something wrong with your heart, right? Um, and your brain probably too, but those get linked together in a lot of ways, right? So it's a heart issue. Okay, so if we make it through this next one, I think it's all uphill from here or downhill, depending so on how you want to look at it. Well, that one wasn't bad. The second one is oh, not no. bad, but it's a good. Que- I mean, it's a good it's, question. It's, a it's good, just it's a good question. It's just an awkward question for Michael to have to be the one to ask. Just weird. Yeah. Okay. Is this gonna be like? Um, I don't know if you watched the like Johnny Depp cases, but when like lawyers tried to read text from that, and it was like, <laughs> oh, that just sounds very weird coming out of there. Coming Go from ahead. Michael, I don't like that. Yeah. 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 It okay. will be very so, similar. We'll just rip the bandaid off. Number two. Is it okay to send my husband boudoir or nudes? Is it okay for him to masturbate if it's to me and I know about it? Oh, interesting. Yes. Well, I'll let the married guys That's a two-part question. Is it yes to part (laughs) A and part B? I would say yes to both, honestly. Um, I think that there's something that uh, Jonathan Pakluda says a lot, and you might remember him. We've mentioned him a couple times, but he wrote a book. Um, that we went over last year uh, with our uh, dating series. And for some reason, it's uh, skipping me right now. Um, <clears throat> what specifically? Outdated. That's that's what it is. I was thinking about his other book called Adulting. Anyways, um, Outdated, He's in, uh, he does a Friday Q&A on his Instagram. And um, one of the things that he says a lot, because he gets this kind of questions a lot, is he says that there is so much grace uh, in um, in sex in a marriage right? Like basically there's so much freedom, not grace. There's so much freedom in sex and marriage uh, that if you're not harming the other person and they're not harming you and you're not inviting someone else into the mix uh, or inviting a screen into the mix, then, um, you know, by watching other people, uh, then you're probably fine. Like there's probably not an issue because again, um, God created sex to be, um, to be, free in marriage, right? To like, to be enjoyed well in marriage. And so if it's something that helps you and your husband connect, then you should, you should be able to do that. Now, if that's lending itself to, um, you know, a habit of him looking at other women and then doing the same thing, then maybe that's an issue, but that should be, again, something that y'all can talk about and talk through, um, and say like, is this helpful or is this hurtful? Again, it's, it's intent. Um, but there's so much freedom within a marriage because that is actually how God set it up. A lot of the things that we want to do outside of marriage that are sinful and that are wrong would be great and perfect in a sexual, you want to elaborate on some of that? I will not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You'll find out soon. So I've got, um, so I'm not married. Put that as a caveat. Um, yeah, yet. And uh, so I, I think, yes, that is true. Um, but in all things, moderation, right? So is it okay? Yeah, probably. I'm not the married one to say whether or not um, or have all infinite wisdom on this topic. Now, I will say this. I had a wise, a very wise man say to me once, um, sex is never supposed to be a one-man show. I was like, okay. Uh yeah, that's fair. Um, and so, because what's, what's the point of sex? Well, there's two. Um, one is to forge intimacy between a husband and wife, and the two is to make babies, right? Um, if you didn't know where babies ma- came from, now you do. Um, in case you're ever wondering what that was. so Earmuffs, kids. Yeah. Um, 
but to to forge intimacy the 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 language that the scriptures use are cleave to right like cleave in, and we usually think of cleave as like cut in half but cleave actually has a, a another meaning where it like is joining together which is interesting that the same word would have opposite meanings to each other anyway um it's like clinging to right so the the sex is supposed to and we've talked about this in in our to, uh, when we've talked about sex in, in times past it's like the point of sex is to make right a, a couple um we talk about it being one flesh it's like that is the act of making that happen right it's like forging the intimacy between a couple right so um the to the second part of your question is where i think this kind of comes up it's like can you do that and can you still forge intimacy by doing that i suppose is it more difficult than kind of what we would consider more normative sexual practices uh, i would also say yes so that's why i say moderation and everything is it wrong uh probably not um uh, you know i trust the wisdom of someone who's actually married so um i do want to is it a, the most helpful thing yeah also probably i want to make an amendment to what i said there is that <clears throat> it's perfectly fine um but i would say like what situation are you in like are you doing that um so because it's easier like and it's less time consuming and uh less, less you don't have to emotional effort yeah less emotional effort you don't have to plan for anything like you know whatever okay just to be real like i'm a dad with three kids like and i've been married for 15 years you don't have time for everything you don't have time for everything and a lot of times the kids are so insane and they're also sleeping in my bed so i'm like Great. crap <laughs> but um if you are away right like it, say say the husband's deployed um say the husband's away for for work like then yeah. that is a wonderful opportunity for the husband and wife to stay connected in some way again is make it be a two-way street but yeah. th but that's, again, a that's wonderful why i say way. moderation and everything because yeah you yeah. you would want if that was all you ever did i, I would be concerned for your well-being right um so if it can't be the case that that is enough in and of itself then i would say probably hence the moderation and everything mm -hmm. and i don't think that is enough you know, yeah. for, for you to truly forge intimacy with another person, um, that makes it difficult. It, uh, it, it stokes the coals of the fire, but it doesn't actually like build the yeah, fire. Yeah. 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 Like, and and that's, going, so that's but... the other thing that I think is really, really important. Um, again, speaking as a non-married person, it's like part of, part of what makes sex so important in, in a relationship, in a marriage, in a marriage, not a relationship, in a marriage, <laughs> um, is that, you know, for a lot of times, it forces you to be romantic, and that's not a bad thing, to also, like, the, the stuff that leads up to sex, because, mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes it just happens, but a lot of times, it's like, there's a lot of things that lead up to that. That is part of, it's like, okay, I'm going to be extra thoughtful of my wife. Um, I'm going to make sure that she is at the forefront of everything that I do. I'm going to make sure that um, in my relationship, um, like, she comes first. Um, and, and you don't do the, those things just to get sex, mm -hmm. but those types of things that lead up to this are what make a healthy yeah, relationship. Because again, what we go back to, uh, what we said a while ago is that most men are more visual and most women are not more visual. Right. So you can't just freaking have, you know, oily six pack abs and be like, let's go. Uh, <laughs> that's probably not going to work in your very often. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> like, yeah, you've actually got to make sure that you are like, you know, putting forth the effort, like you yeah. said. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. that, that at least like again it helps 
each it helps each other right because the whole point of keep it, intimacy between each other yeah at the end of the day the whole point of it is to forge that one fleshness that the scriptures talk about so if if your sex is getting in the way of that <laughs> you've got a problem right that's i think that's a good way of putting it if your sex is keeping you from building relationship and forging intimacy that's when it becomes problematic I think that's a good way of yeah. maybe articulating that. Yeah. Okay. So I actually have a different take on this and um, it might be the wrong know. one. No, I'm it, kidding. It, <laughs> no, it, could, it, it could be wrong. It's certainly controversial. Um, I think this question is asked because um, the activity of taking a provocative picture of yourself and sending it to the person that you're with is deemed the language the church uses when it comes to that kind of activity uh, sends the message that that's bad all the time. And I think the church sends the message that sex is bad all the time with, uh, with the way that they fail to delineate between um, sinful sex and sex inside of marriage. Oh, yeah, like, we, we even use the same word for it. We yeah, just yes. call it sex. I would and agree so, that most, most churches have done that. So I actually think that um, I want to steer people away from sin, definitely, but not at the expense of generating a bad habit that will destroy a marriage. And now I want to be careful with that because I'm not saying that it's like, okay, well, premarital sex, whatever, like uh, sending nudes to people, whatever. Like I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we got to be really careful about how we teach this stuff, right? Like we don't want to, there's all kinds of Christians who come into marriage with sexual neurosis as a consequence of growing up in a church where they're told, where they're only told about purity. Like Mm -hmm. that's just, that's the the pet issue for the church. Uh, You know, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. It's like just purity, purity, purity. (laughs) And, And here's the thing is like, you can create a negative view of a godly thing by doing that. And I think that plays into the hand of Satan. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's probably responsible for a lot of divorce inside the church. Um, So, I think it's probably viewed as, I think we should view these things as, good things that that are abused good things that can be abused mm-hmm. and for some reason when it comes to purity the church doesn't seem to do that it seems to be that it seems to be that before marriage all of this stuff is just bad it's just bad all yeah. the time no matter what you need to see this as bad stay away from it like right. you and would then stay away from somehow heroin. miraculously your brain just is supposed to automatically make the switch to say it's good on right. your and wedding that's, night that's, and it's yeah. like that's just not going to happen that's foolish well right. and and this is where so it takes wisdom and discernment to be able to do that well, and our churches are sorely lacking in wisdom and discernment um, to be able to hold that conversation well. And, you know, we're trying to do that right now. Are mm-hmm. we always full of wisdom and discernment? No. Um, hopefully that we've got we've got some of that. That That is the one thing that, well, it's not the one thing. It's one of the things that the Bible promises will happen. If you ask for wisdom and discernment, God will give you wisdom and discernment yeah which means if our churches are lacking in wisdom and discernment it's because we're not asking for it which is another huge problem in red flag because it means we would much rather be able to tell people just don't do it right the opposite of shia labeouf and nike (laughs) yeah just don't do it um (laughs) uh and, and that is a huge problem, like you said. If our churches can't have wisdom and discernment, we might as well pack up and go home because that should be one of the fundamental first things that a church should have. And if we aren't doing this, especially on this topic, we're up a creek without yeah, a paddle. I don't think I don't think you're controversial at all. Yeah, I would I don't say think the same so. thing, and that's why I said everything like 
it's free. Like you're free in marriage, right? And that's yep. the way that you should think about it is like there is a line that that yes, you don't cross because you're not free to cross it yet in the same way of say like, uh, well, like, I mean like alcohol or like, uh, let's even run it back a little bit further, like a rated R movie, right? Like I don't want my kids to watch rated R movies because they're not prepared for that yet. Like not even close. They're not prepared to watch PG-13 movies. Like there's certain things that they don't need to have in their brain yeah. because they're not ready for that yet. Um, but at some point, I will sit down and I will probably watch Gladiator with my two sons at some point and be like, this is who <laughs> we your, are. That's like, like your movie of choice. <laughs> Welcome to manhood, Gladiator. I mean, hey, it's a great my movie. My dad did the same thing with me with Braveheart. So it's a good like, movie. when it was I'll time, I watched Braveheart, right? Okay, but at some point, like it's time for them to then be free to be able to watch it. Then we also have to use wisdom in that we don't watch every rated R movie. Um, and, uh, or even like alcohol, right? Like there's a reason why 21, um, whether it's good or bad, there's a reason why 21 is the age of like, you can consume. And we've talked about it before uh, on this podcast is that the Bible, the biblical stance on alcohol is don't get drunk. Like if you want to drink it, that's fine. It actually does have some health properties that can help you in some ways, specifically uh, wine, um, but don't get insane with it and be smart, be wise, be discerning. Moderation and I feel like, and yes, moderation, everything. And I feel like if we treated it the same way, if we treated sex the same way, then we wouldn't have these like pent up uh, issues of purity in marriage. If we just said, look, you are free to do what you want when you get married. And right now you are not married. So... So, this so is, you're free right now to be pure. Like that's your freedom. You operate in freedom in the fact that I have a freedom to choose here. Like I have the freedom to choose purity or to not choose purity. And that's the freedom you operate now. And when you operate in freedom later, it's I have the opportunity to still choose purity and to also act in freedom and intimacy and um, in sexual intimacy with my husband or wife. I think this is how we solve this. Um, the di Preserving the difference in terms is so important here. So our cult culturally, we do a pretty good job of preserving the difference between rape and sex. Most people don't yeah. think that those are the same thing. Correct. Yet if that happens to you, it can mess up your view of sex, even though you know it's not the same thing. So um, when it comes to premarital sex and sex within marriage, we have to do a better job of saying that those are not the same thing. And so if, if I'm pastoring someone and they come to me and they're having premarital sex and I can tell that they view premarital sex as the same phenomenon as what happens in a marriage, I'm not going to push them to stop doing it. Um, because what I'm going to do first is I'm going to try to inculcate an understanding that this thing is not the same as this thing. And that separation has to happen first before the purity push. So my question is... The church is, doesn't do that, though. No, we don't. My question is, what words are you going to use? <clears throat> did, did you come up with a, a word for sex outside of marriage and sex in marriage? Fornication would be a good so place call, to start. Okay, so so yeah, that's I mean, something our society never uses anymore. I, I, if, I, if a college kid came up to me and said... Bro, I was fornicating. I'd be like, <laughs> wow, would, okay. I would absolutely laugh at them. I would do exactly that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are what? <laughs> right, but that is the technical term, right? And we don't ever use it. Um, so that's fascinating. Well, because I think part of the other issue is... I'm sorry, just that statement. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't... Brethren, I I've been struggling with fornication. <laughs> My brother in Christ. 
<laughs> okay. So part of the other issue is we use sex as purely the biological term, right? Because animals have sex with each other, right? They procreate. So that's the other issue. It's like sex is purely biological. So we need, honestly, another word for sex within marriage, not even just sex, because I think we automatically associate sex with just a biological act of procreation, right? Which is part two of what I said of the two reasons that, you know, sex is a good thing inside of marriage. Part two is to procreate, right? But sex, just like the act of sex doesn't include intimacy. It doesn't necessitate it, right? So there's a different form of it. And I presume we need a new word that has the connotation of sex, but automatically necessitates an understanding of intimacy. Well, yeah, we, 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 we do it with extramarital sex. We call it adultery. Like, we, right. you know, we just and, don't, and, we have words for everything else other than healthy sex inside of a marriage. And so that's the thing is like, it's so come up with one right now on the spot, Michael, on go, the spot. go, go, <laughs> go, 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 go. What is wrong with fornication? No, 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 what is no, no. Healthy... I'm saying we have words for all types of sex outside of marriage, but we don't have a single oh, word um, for healthy hmm. sex sexy in a marriage. Times. Creative union. <laughs> nope. Lame. <laughs> I just said sexy. Times. It's gotta be like, you know, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's got to sound forbidden or else it won't be. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh, look, oh, my gosh. We're making a lot of progress here. Um, Are we? <laughs> I, I do think so okay. because it is it is intellectually lazy to take the low resolution viewpoint of, and this is what churches do. They do this all the time. It's like, okay, there's this thing that is good once you're married and not good when you're not married. It's the same thing, but when you get married, it'll just become good. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like, that doesn't make sense. Right, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make logical sense. It does. It, it makes it seem like it, it just, it gives off like a salesman, kind of like I'm lying to you yeah. vibe. Um, you know what's cool about ooh, this? Ooh, ooh, I've got it. What? what if we went back to the old biblical way of, um, when it talks about like sex, but particularly for like intimacy, it's like, what if we went back to I want knowing? to know you. Yeah, yeah. I want to mm. know you. Yada, I w- yada. yada. That's yada. the new word. Yada. <laughs> Let us. <laughs> you get married and you're on your honeymoon, Let Caleb. Us okay, you know what? Yes, I want you to do that and see what happens. Please <laughs> Pre- <laughs> report to us the next day how that worked out for you. Pre- premarital counseling. Oh, I really need to know your perspective on yada. <laughs> I might have to ask that from now on. Oh my gosh! But yeah, that's that gives like, a whole new idea, a whole is... new form to yada yada yeah yada yada yada. But that was the word. Like to yada is to know Adam yadad, uh, his wife. Like he knew her, and it was sex, right? Because it says, and then they had kids, right? So obviously it's sex, mm-hmm. but it has such a, a, a more robust. Um, intimacy that's connected with her like at that moment he knew everything like he knew her everything about her it's not just like I know you sexually it's like I know you as a wife as a woman as another child of God anything that there is to know about you I know about you right like that's what we're shooting for that's actually kind of like a, a, a good way of framing marriage it's like if there is something to know about another person you are the person to know about it right um and, and that's the type of intimacy that sex is supposed to. So maybe we go back to that. I mean, it's not well, sexy. Yeah, so but, if you pitch it. Well, it doesn't sound sexy now, but if it, over 100 years, if we kept saying it, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe this is the start of a start. revolution. We a actually are pioneers. Sexual revolution. If, <laughs> if the church focuses more on the positive side of marital sex and then discusses how 
doing it the wrong way could threaten that. Yeah. Um, I don't think we need to even have a conversation about purity at that point. Like no. the, the, there's so, there's a, the purity conversation is so negative. It's so like, don't do, don't yeah, do. I heard somebody today, I was listening to the battle ready podcast with, uh, Irwin and, um, Aaron McManus and, Aaron McManus uh, was saying something about they're the pastors of Mosaic MSC, by the way, uh, or Mosaic Church, and Mosaic MSC is the worship uh, worship band Man. from there. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, what Aaron was saying was he said, you know, as the church, we focus so much on the devil of things that we don't ever focus on the joy of things. Like we always focus on the negative stuff and everything is so negative. Right. And if we would just focus on the positive, we wouldn't even give a second thought to the negative things. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why Philippians says it's like fix your things on mm-hmm. things above, fix your mind on things above, not yeah. on things, but like it doesn't say be wary of the devil that could be behind every bush. It says, no, put your gaze towards heaven and you'll be fine. Yeah, you know, if, yeah. You're, things if you're pleasurable, looking admirable, forward. just praiseworthy, Absolutely. excellent, think of these things. Okay, you know, Philippians what's, 4, what's really cool is that we're actually doing, a, yes, we're yeah. doing a um, series called Sex Ed next semester. And I think that this is going to be some of the stuff that we could get into possibly is like not driving home purity culture. Like it's good to stay pure. Like the Bible yeah. talks about staying pure. But if we only focus on that, we are doomed to fail. Um you know, this has been going for a while. I know you had another question, but what if we did like next week we followed up with some more modesty stuff? Or yeah. do you wanna do you wanna ask a question to finish it off? Well, so the last question on here I think is pretty important. So maybe what we'll do is we'll do like rapid fire preview of the the rest of the sort of modesty questions and then we can talk about can maybe why. So last answer. time I did a rapid fire thing, <laughs> I did it with my youth group and I made every child immediately like burst into tears. Not Literally, nice. but they were all very upset because someone asked I was doing a bunch of like five minute rapid fire questions where I was just like yes no yes which can be dangerous and one kid asked is my dog going to heaven and I just was like no nope. and everyone was like <laughs> oh no and I saw their faces just like sink and, and there might like, be dogs in heaven but yours is not gonna I be have one of made them. a mistake <laughs> I, I stand by what I said but I have made a mistake in how I articulated that to the kids yeah so. I, I, I that's let's not I get off on the dogs in heaven yeah, yeah. so that the, the the hard no on that is built on dubious theology. Ask but the we'll question. talk about that later. <laughs> I don't think it is, but go ahead. Okay. Okay. So three weeks from now, do all dogs go to heaven? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rapid fire. Go. Number three. Is it okay to do boudoir if I don't let the photographer post my photos? If it's only going to your husband. Is it number four? Is it okay to let the photographer post my photos if you can't see my face? I would say no, because you're still using your body to be sexualized. Exactly. Just because your face isn't there. Yeah. Number five, is it okay to let the photographer post my photos if they only allow women to follow them? Still no. No, because I think you can still run in the same problem. Yeah, you're still in the same issue. There, there are women out there who are attracted to women, so to women. That, yeah. yeah, it's a problem. Uh, number six, is it okay for me to post boudoir photos if I am dressed? Some women dress in pajamas for boudoir pictures. Okay, let's, once again, let me say this. To your husband, send them. If it's if the if your question has post in it at all, say it's a no. It's a hard no. Um, okay, number seven. Sure. If if boudoir is okay, then is taking nudes okay if it's for a spouse? That feels like a recapitulation of question. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think we kind of already yeah, answered we, that. Yeah, we 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 definitely talked okay. about that one. Review the earlier part of the podcast if you want to know. Um, <laughs> if it wasn't clear, <laughs> sorry, okay. but this, I think we made that clear. This is the one we have uh, roughly. 10 minutes um but we can well no we have less than that we have actually like six um, nice okay so 
Uh, I'm going to ask it. I'm going to, in like two sentences, give my take, and then it's all yours. Um, is it okay to not want kids? Here's my take. Yes, it's okay, but you need to look at the pattern of values of people who have like been stable and have had a sense of well-being and purpose and meaning across time. Um, so you need to pay attention to those, like what they've done and ask yourself how many of them have had kids and ask yourself for the people who haven't had kids, particularly women who've chosen not to have kids. If you look at the aggregate, like if you look at the average, sorry, the average, um, you're, 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 the odds are stacked against you. If you choose no, even if you think you don't want them, if you're comfortable with those odds, more power to you, but you are a human, just like all of the other humans who have made up those odds. And so it's a dangerous game to not do it. I think the, my response would be, um, I I mean, if someone, if let's, for example, say I had a couple in premarital counseling come to me and say, we don't want any kids. Um, my first question would be, okay, why? Right. Because if it's, I have a disease that is passed on genetically from one generation to the next, it's like, that's a reasonable answer that I could say like, okay, maybe, maybe not. I'd still think like, okay, what, what does adoption look like? I think most people, the reason that they don't want to have kids is because they don't want to put in the effort to raising kids, which is fair. Um, they don't want to have to sacrifice their career. I guess that's fair, but all of those things are you focused. So there's like a, I hate to say this because I know, and this might spark controversy, but um, there's a there. You have to admit there's a little bit of a selfish attitude. I don't want my life to change, and it's like that's like yeah, I get that. Um, but like all you're doing is thinking about yourself, right? One of the blessings of children, as someone who doesn't have children, so you know, take this with a grain of salt, is that they are probably the best practice and forge to removing selfishness in your life 100 would you agree with that yeah i would agree right okay so even if it's not removed there are many times when i'm like dang i'm being so so, selfish so children (laughs) make us better people they remove our selfishness from us automatically because it's like i have to put this child who can't take care of itself himself herself need in front of my own right um, and that makes you a better person. So generally, um, even if those things are good things, it's like, okay, I don't want to sacrifice my career. And it's like, I get that, but it's like, you know, that's still a me focused thing. And sometimes it's okay to, you know, in the Christian sense, we would say that, you know, you should never be me focused. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you should be willing to give up for the, uh, the behalf of others. Right. And it's like, yeah, you're sacrificing your career. Um, and and one of the things that you know people run into is um like and this is one of the things of kind of our current political culture it's like only women have to sacrifice their career it's like you know what i'm okay if if uh you know it might look a little bit odd but if the the wife in a relationship had a great job and it's like she needed to continue doing that it's like there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home dad um, I'd be fine with that. Um, you know, I'd be willing to sacrifice. And this is why, you know, marriage is so important in this connection because lots of people have kids outside of marriage, but it's like the the ability to have a hard conversation where I'm willing to give up my career aspirations 
um, and do that well, successfully, and healthy, those types of conversations probably are only going to be had inside of a, a relationship where you're committed to one another um, with, you know, really hard commitment levels because um, that's difficult to do, right, um, for anyone, male or female, you know, to give up your career aspirations to say, I want to sit down, have a kid, I want to raise this kid, and I'm willing to give up everything I've dedicated the last however many years of my life to to do that. That's hard. Those conversations are best had in marriage. Mm -hmm. um, not that you can't have them outside of marriage, but yeah, there's. I would just ask the question why, because if it's like a legitimate reason, like I don't want to have a child that has the exact same problems I do, you know, because I've got X, Y, and Z problems. I think that's a legitimate answer. If it's, I just don't want to stop being selfish. Yeah. So my you um, should take an internal look. I have three kids. Uh, they're small, and then one that uh, is not small and doesn't live with me. So uh, I think I can speak at least to like what it is like to have kids. Yeah. Um, and it is very difficult. But yes, you do have to be completely unselfish. And every time you are selfish, you get smacked in the face with like some kid crying, and you're like, "Dang, I'm being selfish." <laughs> um, but uh, so my middle brother doesn't want kids at all. Like uh, at like not one bit. Uh, he does not want kids. Is this the same one? That... This is not the same one who wore the chubbies. Okay. And the, no. <laughs> um, but my middle brother, he does not want kids and is very adamant about it. And like, I don't even know that he loves my kids, right? Like uh, he loves them and maybe he would help them and jump in front of a bus for them, but I'm not certain. So like, <laughs> he doesn't like kids at all. Um, but the reason why he doesn't like kids is that that same reason right there, right? Like they infringe upon his lifestyle. Yeah. And... Um, I've just told him and my parents have told him like that really narrows the dating pool for you. Yeah. Like really narrows the dating pool because in the grand scheme of things, most women are going to want kids at some point. Yeah. And so even if you don't want them now, and by the way, if you don't want kids right now, good. Like that's a great thing. Like <laughs> that's fine. Cause you're not married. Uh, and so that's good. Now, if you are getting married uh, and you're about to be married, that's a conversation that you need to have with yeah. your potential spouse. Because if you want kids and your spouse doesn't want kids, then you are going to have some issues down the road yeah. and you're going to possibly have some lying and you're possibly going to have some issues that's going to happen down the road that you don't want to have to deal with. So um, I would, I would echo everything you just said. Always look at the intent. Why do you want to do this? And then I would say also um, that you need to uh, that that you need to like allow yourself time to grow. That there might be a point in time when you do want kids, and yeah. just because you don't want them now doesn't mean that you won't want them later. Uh, right. But you also need to <clears throat> identify the reality that if you don't want kids and you you make that known in your relationships, which you should if yeah. you're planning to marry someone. Um, you need to know that there is the potential for really narrowing the playing field right. for yourself. And it probably is dangerous to like say, I never want kids like to mm -hmm. lock yourself into that prematurely. It's like, um, if you're 52 and you say, I never want kids, that's <laughs> yeah. You're probably got there yeah. at that point. Yeah. If you're 23 and you say, I never want kids. It's like, yeah, gosh, who if, knows? You, if you lock yourself into that commitment, um, that might be kind of, that could potentially be dangerous for you know how you end up spending the rest of your life and i'm not saying it will automatically be but it could as with everything we've said today moderation and everything moderation and intent those are the two important things why are you doing what you're doing yes boom all right that's a good way to end it thank you guys for listening to the uloft podcast and we'll see you in the next episode thank you for listening to the uloft podcast don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to it. 
Also, come out and join us for a Unite every Tuesday at 7.27 p.m. This is a time of music, friends, and important teaching. You don't want to miss it. You can learn more about Unites, as well as everything else we do, by visiting unitediup.com. Thank you all for hanging out with us, and we will see you in the next episode.